Good morning, church. So good to be with you this morning at Church at Home. Merry after Christmas. Is that a thing? Can we say that? Well, I just did. So Merry after Christmas. Hope you guys all had a wonderful Christmas day. And we are just so looking forward to getting together again next week and are so excited that we can bring the word to you from the Lara house today. Hopefully you've got your coffee in hand with maybe your new Christmas mug. Shout out to Matina. Love my mug. Um, but you guys are probably maybe in your PJs ready for the word this morning. So let's start with prayer. God, you are so good. We are so thankful that we can gather together in a different way and still worship and receive your word. So this morning, God, as we read from your scripture, God, would it speak to our hearts? Would it change us, God? We thank you that your word is alive and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. Let it speak to us today. In your mighty name, amen. Well, church, this morning, there is one overall theme that my prayer for you is that you will truly receive, and that is this, that we are better together. If you're sitting with someone today, why don't you look at them and say, I am better together. If you're all by yourself, I want you to send a text or even put in the comments right now, I am better together with you. Because truly, church, we are better together. And this has been such a crazy season, 2020. COVID, all the different things that have landed our way this last year. But one thing that we have learned, many things we've learned, but one thing is that we truly are better together. And there's so much ahead of us as a church. We are going to pull from the word today from Ephesians 4. So if you have your Bible with you, uh, I want you to open it up. If not, the scriptures will be on the screen or maybe you've got your device ready. Um, but Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to start, and I am going to just dive in and read to you. Ephesians 4, starting with verse 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who was over all and through all and in all. Verse 7. But to each, of, each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Here we need to remember that Paul is reminding this church of the humility of Christ and the authority of Christ. There was no other God or religion that held this image of God. Being a God with humility and power. You have to know that a message about a God who left the glory of heaven to come to earth, not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom, was such a radical and yet compelling idea for these people of Ephesus to grasp. We're going to keep reading verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, teachers to equip his people for works of service 
so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Whew, that was a lot. Thank you for bearing with me with that. Ephesians 4. Wow, I encourage you to read the entire chapter. But it, what I want you to hear from that is that if you call Grace Church your home, then you have a purpose here. You have a calling in this body of believers. There is work to be done in Federal Way. There is work to be done in maybe your city that's close to Federal Way or your work. You are meant to be a part of this church in a deep, deep way. You are meant to be connected. In other words, grace, we are better together. I think that most of us, if we take a look at this last year, the most challenging part of having church and being in community during this season has been the separation and the distancing. How are we supposed to stay connected if we aren't able to come together? And many of you over the last six months have been able to come to an in-person service, but let's be real, it's not the same. We've got our masks on, all we can see is eyes, and if we don't know each other's facial structure yet, then we don't even really know who we're talking to until we get a good amount of time together with that mask on. So things are different. It is challenging to stay connected in this season. And then with that, so many are feeling that isolation feeling disconnected, feeling like they're all alone and they're not really a part of Grace Church anymore. Maybe that's you this morning. And if, if you don't feel that way, I would challenge you to really think about those around you in your community because majority of us have felt that often in this last season. And when we begin to feel disconnected, our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings can begin to spin out of control. I want to share a story with you about a hike I did last August. Many of you uh, actually were praying for me during that season, and I am so thankful. It was an incredible season of training, getting ready for this hike, and it was a 23-mile hike. Not um, a leisurely stroll hike, <laughs> not Dash Point Park uh, type of hike, but it was a hike with 6,000 elevation gain. And I was hiking with pro hikers. So I had started training about five months before and um, wasn't able to get all of my training in. It was a challenging season to for me to be able to get those hikes in and get the, the training that I would have hoped to have. And not only was I hiking with professional hikers, to say the least, uh, but most of these hikers had 
probably twice the size legs as mine. Maybe that's a little exaggeration, but for every step I took, they probably took about five. So nonetheless, I was slow compared to my hiking teammates. And because of that, for most of the hike, I was by myself. I did not mind being by myself. I enjoyed the amazing views. I enjoyed the time with the Lord in His creation. It was wonderful. However, there was a portion of the hike that was incredibly challenging. And in that moment, I struggled with a lot of different thoughts about my place on this team. See, there was part of the hike that required me to get up to this ridge. If I had, I would love to have a picture, but I don't. So imagine, if you will, standing uh, in snow. So this was a, a part of the hike that was covered in snow. And way up above was a ridge. And in on that ridge, you could see a couple hikers that were ahead of us. And uh, they, you know, you could see their shadows, but we couldn't see their faces. We just knew there were people up there. Now, I was hiking with, a, with three teams. My team was the first team. So there were two other teams behind me. So in my time of hiking by myself, I knew that if I screamed loud enough, hopefully someone from my team would be able to come back to where I was, or a team that was behind me would catch up at some point. I didn't have bear spray, I wasn't carrying, but I knew my teammates were. So if there was a bear or any type of scary animal, my hope was I could scream loud enough and someone would come. So here I was on this place of the hike that in front of me was a huge, I'm gonna call it a hill because I was already on the mountain that was very steep and it was all gravel with some icy snow mixed in. On the other side was all snow, just going straight up. I had no idea as I started looking at that and I was watching my team as they were now up on that ridge and I was down here. And I just stood there staring at this hill trying to figure out how I was supposed to get up there. I could not figure out how my team had even gotten there because I wasn't with them when they got to that ridge. So I began to start climbing this hill that was full of gravel and immediately I started sliding down. My first thought was I was not prepared for this. This is like rock climbing where you need your hands and your feet to work together and somehow do this and I'm sure you need tools and I thought how on earth did my team even do this? I know they didn't have that equipment. We weren't prepared for this. So then I saw the snow and I thought, okay, I keep sliding down this. I can't get a grip on anything. So I guess I'll try the snow. So I started up, I got halfway up and I slid straight down. Began to feel really frustrated. So I went around to the right side where I could see the team still on that ridge. And I began calling, I don't know where to go. Hopefully they could hear me. All I saw was shadows and I think they were cheering me on. And I began to just get frustrated because they couldn't hear me. I had lost connection with them. They had lost connection with me and I had no idea where to go. So after trying again multiple times, this was the first time in the entire hike that I broke down in tears. 
cried out to God, God, what am I supposed to do? All the worst things that I could have thought of that I've seen in the movies of hikers by themselves flashed through my mind. I thought, I'm here I am. What I'm stuck. I began to feel like I wasn't part of the team. All of this happened in probably 60 seconds. All these thoughts through my mind. And then suddenly, this couple comes around the corner. And I, I yelled at them, hey, are you on the trail? Where's the trail? And they looked and they looked at where I was and they said, oh yeah, don't try to climb that. The trail's behind you around the corner. And sure enough, I turned around went down a little ways around the corner and there was a trail. And I was able to get up past the hill and where, what, who did I see? Standing on the other side was my team lead. She was there waiting for me to help me get to the other side to be where the team was. And see, that's the, the, part, the portion that I had to cross to get to that ridge was a dangerous spot. I would not have been able to make it without her guiding me. She was able to stand on the other side and tell me where to place my feet, where to place my hands, and how to get to the other side. And in that moment, I knew that the Lord was teaching me something so profound that would stay with me for quite some time. See, in that moment, I felt hopeless. I felt ignored. I felt alone. I felt frozen, not knowing how I was going to get to the place I needed to get. Being disconnected can cause our minds, even our soul and our spirit, to feel lonely. And if we don't keep our eyes where we need to keep them. We will spin in circles trying to find our place. I cried out to God in that moment. I knew he was the only way that I'd be able to get past this, to see truth, to find that hope again, because there was hope. Like I said, there were people in front of me, there were people behind me. But in those moments, we forget the truth. And in this season, the last nine months, with so much change, so much shifting, that even life situations besides COVID-19 have been intensified tremendously because of COVID-19. How we might have dealt with something in previous years, we are not able to deal with in the same way with COVID-19 happening. And many of you know exactly what that means. If you've lost a loved one in this season, if you've had someone in the hospital, not being able to be with them, maybe financially it was hard before, and now it's even harder because work is so different. There are so many things right now over the last year that have caused change and have caused things to shift in how we would function as people and as a church. If you're watching on, well, all of you are watching online today, but for many, that is the only connection that we can have. For many of you, 
If we weren't doing online service, there would not be a way for you to connect with a visual connection and seeing people. And just like those times when I was thankful I could see my team, even though they were so far away, I could see them. That was the first point of connection. But see, that's not enough. And if you've been in this season for nine months of watching online, I'm sure you're feeling that's not enough. There have got to be times where you still feel that disconnection in a really big way. And even for those that have been able to come to church, again, the connection is different. I believe that many are crying out for that connection to happen in a tangible way. You want to be able to be heard and to be seen. I needed someone to help me in that moment guide me to safety. I needed someone to tell me I wasn't alone. I needed to be connected to my team again. And because I wasn't, I was giving in to the lies of the enemy that I didn't belong and that I should have never have said yes to this hike. I want to remind you that the Apostle Paul wrote in the letter that we read in Ephesians 4, that he, when he wrote it, he was living in a prison. Now, I have not lived in a prison. However, I can only imagine that Paul's prison was a lot different than our prisons today. There was no amenities. There was no way to connect with people besides through writing. Paul found a way to connect. He found a way to even say what he needed. There are times in his letters where he said, I need you to come and visit me. As soon as you are able, please come. Please bring me this. Bring me that. Paul found a way to connect. He spoke what he needed. He was active in staying connected and we can learn from him. The enemy wants you to feel disconnected. When we begin to feel that, we begin to give in to those lies. Our signal becomes weak. See, in that moment of feeling disconnected, I began to believe all the lies. I thought, why am I even here? Why did I say yes? I'm not part of this team. They don't care. I'm all alone. But as soon as I was connected again, those, those thoughts were fleeting. They were gone. The enemy wants to divide us from the people we love. The enemy wants to divide us from the church. But see, here's the thing. God's word is not subject to where we are physically. If not going to church in a building is causing you to slack in your faith, then I am pretty sure that the connection issue was likely present before COVID-19. See, I could visually see my team on that mountain. I knew where I needed to go. I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know how to get there because I lost the connection to the trail. I veered to the right when I needed to stay centered. I took my eyes off the trail and put it on the hill or the mountain in front of me. And when I stared at that mountain, I could not see a way over it. It wasn't until that moment that the negative thoughts began to come. I lost my footing. 
I forgot that I was part of a greater mission. I forgot that that hike wasn't about me. I didn't do this hike to feel good about myself and accomplish something. I did this hike for slavery. I did this hike for a greater cause. But in that moment, I started listening to my feelings instead of focusing on the truth. Let's look at verse 14 again. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. If we, were not, if we are not careful, we will allow our feelings to drive us instead of the truth and we will miss the connection. This is why we need to be rooted and grounded in the kingdom of God. We need to know where our feet are landing. We need to be rooted in the word. The word says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. The New Living Translation puts it this way. You were all called to travel on the same road, in the same direction. Stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. So this morning, I would ask you, if you're feeling disconnected, did you stop working to bear with one another in love? Have your eyes gotten off the Father of all, the one person who will help you stay connected in every way? Are you letting pride get in the way of forgiveness? Did you maybe forget that Jesus has asked you to have the same grace that he has given to you? If God has brought you to grace, what are you actively doing to stay connected, to build up the church? Even if you're not meeting in the building, there is something you can be doing to stay connected. The word is clear. If we want to be stronger, we need to be connected. Verses two and three are action verses. If we want to be connected and experience the fullness of Christ, even in the midst of COVID-19, we must be willing to put forth the effort. Do you have someone from our grace community to encourage and pray for you? And are you encouraging and praying for someone else in this community? Are you vocalizing your needs? Are you expecting one person to meet those needs? We must take the responsibility to stay connected, to keep our eyes on the trail that God has put in front of us. See, Paul knew the church was going to have to endure difficult times ahead, tremendous pressure that was continuing to increase. 
This church was going to face three major pressures, pressures that had the capability to disconnect them from one another. Some of the same pressures that I know we face today. They had to endure. Part of that enduring was persecution. They had to stand against false teaching. They had to fight for unity and resist division among them. Paul begins addressing these issues with first reminding the people about their calling. Usually when we talk about a calling, we talk about our individual calling, that God has a call on your life. He has a purpose for you, which is true. But what we tend to forget is that our individual calling, our individual purpose is for the big church. It's for the calling of all of God's people to be a part of getting the gospel out into the world, spreading the message of Jesus Christ. In other words, the Holy Spirit has brought you to a local community of believers for a purpose and on purpose. You need them and they need you. This is why Paul begins with saying, I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling by always being humble and gentle, by being patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united. Think about how this sounds in our culture today. Humility and gentleness, patience and love, when I look on social media, my heart is often grieving because of the way that believers are speaking about other believers. Welcome to church at home. Alexa, just let us know someone was at our door. <laughs> That's all right. We will keep going, though. We need to remember that the enemy is having a heyday when division begins to happen between believers. If you have an issue with someone, we are to go to that person. Talk together, pray together, be okay with disagreeing with something. But what kind of witness are we being if online we are putting out a message that unbelievers and believers are seeing and be affected by? We should be speaking forth love, humility, grace, and patience with one another. God has built us for relationships. He has a purpose through us connecting. Sometimes the best growth will happen in a relationship when there's conflict. Are you willing to fight for unity in our church? Verse 3 says to bind ourselves together. The Greek word bind is actually in reference to how ligaments connect the members of the body together. The enemy is at work to tear the ligaments to divide the body of believers. Now, I personally have never torn a ligament, but I know many of you who have and who have had to have surgery. And this process is not an easy process. It is painful, it is difficult, and the healing time is long. Friends, I believe that 2021, for many of you, is to be 
a healing year. The ligaments in our own body have been torn. Your relationships in the body of grace may have been torn. And God is saying it is time to begin the healing process. Are you willing to put forth the effort to be healed, to be connected, to be part of the greater mission of Grace Church? We know that we are imperfect people, but we choose to stay together because we believe there is a higher hope. One day, we're going to look more like Jesus. And God has a way for perfecting our faith in us through imperfect situations and imperfect people. We, the church, are to be the examples of what reconciliation can look like, of what being disconnected and then connected can look like, of what healing can look like in relationships. We're not gonna agree on everything. Disagreements will happen, but we have to keep our eye on the greater goal. Can we disagree and still keep that purpose, still fight for unity? Can we learn from one another? Can we be open to one another? The key ingredient that holds all of that together is love. As we get ready to close this morning, I would ask you, are you willing to do what it takes to stay connected? Are you willing to voice what you need to find the people in your community that God has placed around you? It doesn't have to be the pastors. It doesn't have to be people on staff. You have hundreds of people in your community that are waiting to be connected just like you. Wherever you're at this morning, I want to invite you to just close your eyes and receive with me as we end with prayer. And as we end with that prayer, I'm going to ask some questions to get our hearts ready to receive. Love is what brings us together, and love is what will keep us together. Has love led you? Have you been making decisions out of love or out of your own attitudes, desires, and wants? Can you ask yourself, have I really been loving my neighbor, or have I allowed my disagreement with them to separate me? And so I let my life be isolated from them. My prayer for you this morning is that you will realize that you are so much better. You are so much stronger when you are together with first the Lord and with the community that he has placed you in. Our lives would be so much greater if we surround ourselves with the people who are not afraid to challenge us in our faith and in love. Some of you are new to grace and I wanna encourage you to jump in 
discover who the Lord has put in your new community. We might have to be creative, thinking outside of the box of how we can connect, but there are ways to connect. There are ways to grow deeper in relationship, even in this season. Some of us, maybe you have been disconnected for a long time and it's time to get engaged. It's time for the healing to begin relationally at Grace Church. Let the Lord lead you into this next step. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that we do not live this life alone, but you have built us for relationship. We thank you that you have designed the church and that your design and your hope is that the church would be a place to build one another up, to live in community, to serve you and worship you together, to be a part of the great mission of leading people into your kingdom. So Lord, I pray for every single one of my Grace family this morning who might be feeling disconnected or who might be feeling that they need to step out and be a voice for others who are feeling disconnected and help lead them to home again. God, would you unite us like never before as we move in to 2021? Would your church be a church that will fight for unity? God, I thank you for every single one of our Grace family. I pray your truth over them now. In your name, in your name alone. We love you, Jesus. And we praise your mighty name this morning. Amen. Amen. Church, thank you for joining us today. We'll be back in person next Sunday for those of you who are able to meet in person. Don't forget, we are going to be starting our time of prayer and fasting. It'll kick off next Sunday with a new series. Every year we take time for 21 days to pray and fast as a body of believers. Seeking the Lord for the next year. We invite you to join us on this journey. You'll find out more over the coming week, online, on our website, on social media. We love you. We look forward to seeing you soon. Bless you.